0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Lee Here, This is my podcast. This is my first ever podcast, my first episode. I'm very excited. Um, Please get in touch. If you have a story to tell, this whole podcast is all about just having a chat. We've got celebrity interviews. We've got extraordinary stories. So if you feel like something's happened to you that you want to talk about get in touch with me on Twitter or Instagram. My handle is It's Lee Peart. Um, And yes, please subscribe as well. I'm going to be releasing these as and when, and we've got lots more to come. But first is my first guest who knows a thing or two about chatting. Her name is Nadia Sawala. She is a loose woman. That's where I met her. Um, But there is so much more to her than just that. Uh, She's brilliant. We... We had a great time, we had a laugh, we talked about her going sober for 100 days, Uh, we talked about her upbringing and her love for cooking, her friendship with Kay Adams and then we somehow got into her dressing as a nurse in stocking and suspenders and uh, a huge lie she told which actually got quite out of hand, it was with her sister Julia um, which actually bagged her her first acting role. So um, I hope you enjoyed this is Let's Talk with Lee Peart with my first guest Nadia Sawala. So I'm here with Nadia, Nadia Swala, Welcome,
1: well, welcome to my dressing room, Lee. Wait, just, just for
0: everyone listening, I want to just point out: I'm in Nadia's dressing room. We've just done Loose Women. It's well, you said it's pig's eye. I think it's it's all right. I've seen a lot worse. Yeah,
1: but I cleared up.
0: Oh, okay. So forget, this is only, after.
1: Yeah, don't forget. I've only been here since ten o'clock this morning. This isn't a dressing room. I have. For the whole year, because we all move around. So, but thank you for saying my dressing room is clean. You're a charmer.
0: Well, thank you for doing this for me. You oh. are the you're my first guest.
1: Oh, I'm so excited,
0: Nadia. For anyone who who doesn't know, you're an actress, mm-hmm. presenter,
1: mm-hmm.
0: loose woman,
1: mm-hmm. chef. Wow, well, home cook.
0: Home cook. Good home cook. Okay. Would you, so you wouldn't describe yourself as a chef?
1: No, and actually, I. For those of you who don't know, I did win Celebrity Master Chef, but the key is in the title there Celebrity Master Chef, so we've got to bring that down quite a few notches. Okay And the thing is, I, I, I get it's like when, sometimes when I'm cooking on telly and they introduce me as a chef, I get, I get a bit anxious about it because I think I just don't have those credentials. you know I haven't had the training, I haven't done blood sweat and tears in a restaurant. What I am is a good home, a good ish home cook and I think that's why I've had five cookery books well, this because is I'm I, accessible
0: this is what I was yeah. going to say though you, you're an author of, of cookbooks you're yeah. more of a chef than I am Okay. well
1: I think why I've had five is because I'm not a chef so people go oh god she can do it so I can mm. do it because we've got loads of brilliant chefs now in this country but it can be really daunting I mean I've got lovely chefy cookery books I never cook anything out of them I, well, just, have, I just look I just read them because, and look at the nice pictures
0: What? Just the pictures of food? Yeah,
1: I don't cook their recipes (laughs) because I don't. God, I've got me asked to do all this complicated stuff.
0: Well, you were kind enough to gift me your recent one with Kay. Yes. Kay Adams, fellow Loose Woman. Yes. One of your best friends, would you say? Yeah,
1: God, absolutely.
0: How long have you been friends for? Twenty years. Because we both
1: met on Loose Women, and I think this is the 20th year of Loose Women.
0: It is? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: so we did the very, very, very we were the very first two Loose Women to be cast.
0: Along with, Ke, uh, along with Jane, Moore, yeah, yeah. and Karen Brady. Karen Brady. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your cookbook with Kay, because I did, I, I I actually made your fabulous fish stew. Yeah. Which is hard fish. to say. Fresh
1: stew. <laughs> 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 That's a good thing to choose for your fabulous first podcast. <laughs>
0: which I made your fabulous Fish Jew, But it went down a treat. But for me, and I I always struggle with cooking because I can do it. And I always think everyone can cook. I don't particularly think it's impossible. I just think it's science, essentially. But for me, it was the stress.
1: mm.
0: I was stressing myself out over the timings, over...
1: Okay, when you think about it, the first time you rode a bike, did you get on it and it was totally fine? You just rode off and you whistled along and it was fine.
0: Uh, well, I guess so. The
1: first time you tried to do a shuffleboard change, could you do it instantly? Oh, I, I, I,
0: I like the level you're going there. You're like, hmm, he doesn't I'm get that to... bike reference. Let's do dance
1: Shuffleboard change. <laughs> the second time you sang an aria. I mean, the thing is, I think people get really caught up with, if there's anything else in life that you did it, and then you went, oh God, I'm, I'm shit at that. I'm never going to do that again. We wouldn't learn anything. But people have this way of thinking with cooking. Yeah. So my thing is, just choose two dishes three dishes and just cook them over and over again and they will they will become fantastic just like if you keep trying a ball change eventually you'll get a shuffleboard change well
0: i like that logic because i've been recently teaching myself piano Ooh. and i've only learned kind of three songs mm. and then i can just go to a party do a couple yeah. of songs and people are like oh amazing. do another and you're like oh no i, I couldn't possibly you
1: get extra sex
0: well, <laughs> not, not yet, I'm probably, it's only because I play Adele, because oh. they're the slow songs, so usually people are away. That's a
1: big one, that's a big number. Someone like yeah.
0: you, yeah. Oh my God,
1: Adele.
0: So no sex there, unfortunately, no, I think right. it puts I people it off it I think it will
1: give you pulling, it will give you pulling power. Yeah. Skills, they're good. Well,
0: cook cooking, I suppose, does yeah. that, if you don't just poison them.
1: them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, how did the cookbook come about? Did you have the idea before, or did someone approach you and Kay together?
1: The latest one? Yeah. Um, I think they approached us, actually, yeah, because we'd only just really started cooking online. And so we thought, oh, maybe down the line, further down the line, we will do a cookery book. And uh, we were quite surprised to do one so so soon after starting to cook on YouTube. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's very much the cookbook that Kay wanted. Yeah. So it was very annoying. Because she's like, I don't want anything with fenugreek. And she became obsessed with the word fenugreek. I don't want anything. And she said, because she's the most terrible, terrible cook. That's why we called it disaster. And she just... She said, you know, you forget, people that can cook, you forget how basic we do want it, because most of us just can't cook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are now a nation where we like our food more, we've got great restaurants, we have loads of cookery shows, but actually people aren't, in general, cooking any more than they were. So she said, I don't want any more than six to seven ingredients, I don't want it to take longer than half an hour. And so a lot of the recipes probably aren't as... um, haven't got quite as many ingredients as i would if i was doing it at home but a lot of the recipes are just what i bung out for my family as well
0: well i watch because we're going to talk about this your vlog and everything with your family but i and you often do uh, instagram lives and yeah. youtube lives and you're always cooking and you cook separate meals and stuff like that so when i grew up my mum, i i wanted to be a vegetarian and my mum said i'm not cooking two meals yeah. but you just I, I i imagine living in your house is like some sort of pop-up restaurant all the time you just but yeah. well, you just love better. it don't you I don't get the enjoyment as much out of it I guess while doing it
1: but does anyone really enjoy something that they haven't quite mastered no I mean did you enjoy your shuffleboard change when you couldn't do it and then when you can do it oh my god it's the best feeling in the world because I'm just doing it and mm. everything's going right and doing this and that so, you know, uh, that's why I always say just choose a couple of recipes, keep doing and then you get to the point, like I've got a, as you'll know from my YouTube channel, I've got a very open plan house so I've got lots of people in and out so I'm cooking and I'm talking because I'm almost doing it by, you know like when you're driving, well not me because I'm a terrible driver, and people are like doing 10 I think that's what it's like now for me, cooking and I remember very keenly as a young child, hate my mom was a brilliant cook. That's all the girls leaving loose for to hear about. Bye, Bye, Carol. My mom, though a very good cook, was very much of that school of you just eat what you're given. And I remember sitting. Um, with a plate of congealed vine leaves, crying because I didn't want to eat these stuffed vine leaves. I'm promising myself, (laughs) when I have children, I'm never going to make them eat anything they don't want. And here I am regretting that because I usually cook three or four different meals a night.
0: Oh, well, I mean, vine leaves. I, I don't think I ever had a vine leaf till You're I was about 19. Because I'm from Grimsby. Yeah,
1: so which I thought was a joke when you said that today.
0: When I know, out. yeah, no, I am. I'm from oh. Grimsby. Well, I'm from, I, I grew up in Cleethorpes. So I was born in Grimsby. Cleethorpes is kind of next to it. But, and I was, I was out in uh, Shoreditch the other week, and I heard...
1: Wow, from Grimsby to Shoreditch. I, know, I know.
0: <laughs> moving up in the world. <laughs> no, Shoreditch. But, I know, but I heard... He must have been about eight years old and I heard this this young kid say to his mum, I'm really craving sushi. Oh, and yeah. I remember thinking, I didn't have sushi as well. I was about 20 years old, yeah. it just didn't exist. I mean, Grimsby doesn't have a Nando's, it doesn't have a Starbucks, let alone stuffed vine leaves. Well. Well, yeah. I did have a very
1: <laughs> exotic childhood. My dad is Arabic. My dad, until he was eight years old, six years old, grew up in the desert. He was a Bedouin, you know, travelling Bedouin and um, I had a lot, of when he, a lot of his family moved over to England as well and so every Sunday we would have all the family round and um, in fact my first ever cookery book was called Stuff Finally Saved My Life mm. and it's all about very much about growing up in an Anglo-Arab family and all the food and everything happened in the kitchen so I learnt cooking by osmosis my aunties and uncles and cousins, and everyone would come around and arrive with these dishes, you know, just dishes held high. You just watch them walking down the lane with their, you know, beautiful baklao or the lamb and rice. In my, my it.
0: head, it's like, um, you know, Prince Ali in Aladdin. It's yeah. like that at the minute. Bit I've like that. In my, yeah, my it head. was a bit like
1: that, though. And so I grew up with this very exotic food. My mum is British, but a real Franco Francophile, loved everything French. So she, like, in the week, we would have... Because she, she loved cooking. We would have, like, sort of French bistro sort of food. You know, coca van and um uh, <laughs> pis-a-la-dari, which is basically bread with onions and anchovies. And uh, she would make her own bread and make her own ice cream and knit her own bloody muesli, the lot. so we So I had this really good mixture of British food, French yeah. food, and Arabic food. And really, our family motto was... You know, good food feeds the soul as well as the body. And mm. so, and that's true. That That is so true. Getting together, cooking together, eating together. Um, it's just been a big part of my life.
0: Yeah, and I guess I've got quite a few friends. I always say I just, I eat to live as opposed yeah. to people who live to eat. And, yeah. uh, but I, I do get it. And I have, as I've grown up, I guess... Uh, grown into the, the social side of yeah. eating you said you you said there that through osmosis you kind of got your love for cookery through mm. your, your, your father and your mother but mm. also um your dad was an actor wasn't he still is still is He's
1: 87 yeah so so we had a yeah we had a a, a great time I, a lot of the time my dad was an out of work actor like all actors so we saw a lot of my dad um, but he also, almost every year, he would do a, a movie. Mm. So wherever he was doing a film, we would then go on... That would be our summer holiday. So Sinbad and the of Tiger, we were in Malta. Mm. the Wind and the Lion with Sean Connery, we were in Spain. Um, and so we had this... And, you know, he... You know, he, this is... I'm talking about a supporting actor. Not He's not a, you know, not a big famous movie star. So in a way, that was even better. Because what you've got is a bit of that life without all the pressure that you would have if you were the child of a, of a famous actor. Of course, actor. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, it was... it was Yeah, it was a really unusual and very happy childhood in lots of ways.
0: And did that, I'm guessing, inspire you? Did you always want to be an actress because he did that? No. So you didn't? No, okay. I didn't
1: want to be an actress. I wanted to be a nurse. That's all I wanted to do. Like... I'm the sort of person that can, if somebody's looking around somewhere to be sick because they're about to be sick, I'll hold my hands up for them to be sick in them.
0: Okay, that's good to know. (laughs) Often I'm hungover during loose swimming, so. (laughs) We used to have a sink in the old studio behind, can you remember it? Um, London Studios. I used to always think, if ever it got too much hungover, we don't have a sink now, so if you're on the show, (laughs) Show I can just <laughs> really okay so you were so and
1: i love i love like if somebody grazed their knees i love to get the tcp out, and i love to just look after people i mean i'm really into my i've had therapy my husband's had a lot of therapy my husband's in recovery so i i know all these labels now like i was i didn't realize as a child i was the rescuer in the family right so i would love looking after people and so I really wanted to be a nurse. And all the family, not my mum and dad, because my mum and dad are very much do whatever you want. But the extended family, with which I spent a lot of time, say, like, you don't want to be a nurse. What is this? You cannot be a nurse. You cannot." And it, I used to get really upset. I remember I used to go to my room and cry and think, nobody thinks being a nurse is a good job. I know.
0: I was going to say, my, a nurse is a massive job. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then one day, I, um, I was doing a school show. I did this show. I came out, said my first line, and the whole place just burst out laughing. And I was just like, "What's that?" Yeah, it's a good feeling. And I really enjoyed the show. Anyway, came came out into the auditorium, and my mom was standing in the auditorium with the biggest smile you've ever seen. And my mom wasn't that smiling when I was growing up. And she was she was old fashioned mom. She's not now. I mean, she's. She's she's great But she was an old fashioned mum You know You didn't give too many compliments My mum's idea of a compliment Like if I say Mum how do I look in this She would say Oh I'm sure there'd be Far far worse sights Than you there
0: Mine's quite similar To that actually Yeah Yeah. She was a war baby You Mm. know So
1: it it was never She never gave me compliments And I came into the auditorium And she went Oh my god That was so good And that second I was like I was going to be an actor So it was literally As clear as that And then everything changed And I was going to be an actor
0: and you were you were you were you were in EastEnders for two years? Yeah, two and a
1: half. Years, two and a half think. years. Yeah, yeah. Playing
0: Annie Palmer. How was that? Did.
1: Um. Well, it was very useful to me because before that, I'd been uh, jobbing theatre actress which I love, theatre is my first love, I'd love to, st- I could be in the theatre all day long because once you've been on telly you can get theatre jobs but I can't because I'm bringing up my kids and it's like mm. the worst time because you're out in the evening and all that, so the theatre is, I, lo- I go to the theatre all the time, I can sometimes sit there crying because I want to be on stage because I love theatre, so I'd been a theatre actress, then I'd done a little film with Ewan McGregor and then from that oh no no, I was theatre actress, then I got a telly job ...with my sister, my sister Julia, who's an actress... ...of course... ...and it was... ...that was my first telly job... ...and Julia ran me up one day... ...and it was a series she was in called Press Gang... ...and she'd been in a couple of series... ...and she said, oh look, this part's come up for this Italian girl... ...I'd never done any telly before... Um, ...she said, you won't get the part... ...there's no way you'll get the part... ...because you have to be... ...they want her to be 16... ...I can't remember what age I was... Blah, blah. ...she said, it's a really good opportunity for you to meet the casting director... So I was like, oh shit, she goes, but you can't say you're my sister. So I said, all right. So I said, what's the part? She goes, Italian. I said, all right, I'll change my name. (laughs) So I changed my name to Nadia Carina. Because I thought it sounded Italian.
0: (laughs) Very good. Anyway,
1: she came in from rehearsals. And I said to her, oh, give me your shirt. That's right for the audition. So if you think about it, she's been with the director in the morning. We look so alike. It's ridiculous. And we certainly did then. So I borrow this shirt and I go in for this audition. And they're like... They're like, yeah, so, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm half Italian, blah, 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 tell, give all this bullshit story. Anyway, only get the fucking part. <laughs> so then we're like, what are we
0: going to do? So she's in it.
1: She's in it. Right. So we're like, what the hell are we going to do? And at the time, we were living together as well. So she said, oh, we can't be shown to be like, we just have to pretend we don't know each other. So <laughs> she used to drop me off from rehearsals. remember it's at the Oval. And then she would go in and then I would come in. <laughs> And I'd keep forgetting And I'd say things like Oh god those shoes are- You wouldn't say that I'm like the lead in the series You just would talk to me like that You're the new actress in <laughs> And uh, oh my but god Why did once, night- once
0: the contract was signed Did you never think oh, let's Well wait It
1: gets it gets really worse I was not sleeping I was so worried about it And then The first Oh yeah the first day I was on location With our blessed God rest her soul Linda Bellingham Because yeah. Julia was playing Linda Bellingham's daughter so we, our first day, we weren't in the studio, we, we were recording out locations. location. So she's chatting away to me, typical Linda. She said, oh, so you're Italian? Uh-huh. And I said, uh, my dad was Italian. Oh, really? My husband's Italian. What part of Italian? I went, can you believe this? He said, um, I don't know, he was a one-night stand. What? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, a one-night stand, and you've taken his name... I was like, oh my god, and then they call me to the set and it's fine. But the next day Julia goes into rehearsals and Linda Bellingham and the boy that was playing Julia's brother, you won't believe who they've cast as Gina. It's freaky. This bird looks exactly like you. She's even got your voice. It's freaking us out. And Julia was like, more lies, more lies. The lies went on and on, weeks and weeks. (laughs) We're working with these people, lying our back teeth out. It was just awful. And we got to the end of rehearsal because it was done in front of a live studio audience, the actual recording. And the day before the, 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 the uh, writers came in, they were watching me for about five minutes and then they stopped the rehearsals. Can you believe it? And Now this is my nightmare, I'm going to be bloody sad. And they took Julia off and they said, we want you to be honest with us. Is that girl your sister? <laughs> <laughs> she had to say yes. And she said, It's just ridiculous how much the TV look like. But the casting director and the director hadn't even noticed in the audition and I was wearing the same shirt so we had to come clean Oh, it was awful I thought and Julia was like but you're not going to sack her or you are not going to sack her because because you know she, we've already filmed the location stuff it, will, it would be really bad it would cost you a fortune and they didn't sack and in fact they invited me back and I did quite a few more episodes so. they
0: probably liked the fact that you were so passionate about it that you were willing to besmirch your father's name I don't <laughs> think
1: anyone was that happy but then I was lumbered. With the name, because then that's how you got equity in those days, which is the union card for anyone that doesn't know, is very difficult to get as an actor. So for years, I was Nadia Karina. (laughs) Lots of my jobs, I'm Nadia Karina.
0: Oh, really? So if anyone's listening and wants to find the archives of. I was going to ask, did you ever play a nurse? Because that is one of the great. Oh, okay. So you kind of did fulfill a, a dream.
1: In a sitcom called. Oh, God, what were the really famous two guys? David Croft and Jeremy. I can't think of his name now, that did all the Dad's Army. Oh. Yeah, and the Dad's Army, and a, or a lot of those really, L-O-L-O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a pilot, and I spent most of the time in suspenders and a bra, and it was... Typical nurse it was outfit. very like, L-O-L-O. Oh, okay. And it's a shame. I think it was called Which Way to the War, or something like that. It was a shame, because it didn't get picked up, because that would have been amazing for me, if that yeah. had been picked up. To get a big sitcom like that, and I remember being absolutely devastated when that didn't come off.
0: Yeah, um, dur- during these podcasts, I, I usually offer someone a drink, um, and I know you like a drink, mm. but you're currently on is it 100 days sober?
1: Well, not 100 days yet, on the 9th of April,
0: but you're doing it. Do you know how many days you're in?
1: Um, obviously, we don't know when this podcast going out, so oh, yeah, I am. 80, let's say 85 days in, just in case you're listening to this at a different time in the year. Indeed.
0: So well, it's currently the 28th of March, so you're 89 days. Did you? Is say? that
1: right? If the last drink I had was New Year's Eve, how's wow. your mental maths? So,
0: do you how know is what? it? How, how have you?
1: It's been totally and utterly extraordinary and gone beyond all my wildest dreams really? of what it would be like. Yeah, I basically. Just in Christmas, just before Christmas, I got really, really plastered like I was still 17. Fell down the stairs, nearly died. Could have died, could have broken my neck, and I don't even remember it. This
0: is at, at your house? Yeah. <laughs> you went out.
1: <laughs> oh no, I went out and then I came in. Oh, okay. Where I was, I wasn't even drunk. I stepped out and the air hit me, and I was yeah. absolutely blinded drunk. And you know, these things happen sometimes, it wasn't a big deal. But it just got me thinking, and I thought, God, it's funny, isn't it? Anyway, then I saw, and I love social media so much, I saw something pop pop up on social media called, and if anybody is thinking about trying something different or worried about their drinking or just wants to have a bit of a break, I cannot recommend this book highly enough. It's called The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober. And I read this book cover to cover because I was going to do Dry January, And she talks about how you really feel the difference in 100 days. And my God, that's the case. Because everyone I know that's ever done dry January goes, what did you lose a pound? What did you feel any different? And I think because you need to tip into six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, before you start feeling different. I mean, I've lost nearly a stone in weight. I am sleeping so much better. My skin is better. Everything is better. Everything is better. So,
0: And and once the 100 days are up, do you think... (laughs) Your attitude to drinking may change.
1: Well, that's my dream. I mean, the one thing I'm not going to do is on 101 days go, right, everyone, I'm going out, which is what everyone wants me to do. And fall down the stairs again. I would really like it if I didn't even. I mean, it doesn't matter. If the next day there's a big wedding or a party or a dinner party, I'm going to have a drink. But what I would prefer is that I don't think of it like that, but the next time I want a drink, I kind of have a drink. I want to rethink drinking
0: yeah
1: i mean the chief medical officer a couple of years ago came out and said that there were eight cancers totally connected to alcohol and it was sacked you know i mean these are facts and i've drunk really heavy in my life i was a big party i was a big partier in the old days and i just feel at the moment really blessed that i'm well touch wood yeah of and course. so i feel like I feel obliged to be really healthy at this part of my life because I had children when I was older and I don't want to die.
0: That is a book that I might say I might look into because I do, I'm the same with you and you, we follow each other on social media, you probably see how often I'm out as well. But for me it's the willpower, so I... For example, I was walking to lunch a few weeks back and in my head I was going, I'll just have a sparkling water, I'll just have a sparkling water. And the waiter came up, I was the first to arrive and said, can I get you a drink? And I said, "I'll <laughs> well, have a sparkling water please and a gin and tonic. And it, it, it was yeah. almost like it just yeah. spilt out and I just, that, it clicked. When well, I that's thought,
1: why this is book that? is really good because it's not preaching in any way at all and it just shows us that. So what I would say to you is next time you go, say to yourself, don't say I'm not going to have a, a, a gin and tonic. So I'm going to start with the water, and then I'm going to have a gin and tonic.
0: Yeah. Because
1: what that's what I do. Every time I go, oh, if I want a gin... Nobody's put this 100 days on except me. You know, so I go, if I want a gin and tonic, I'll have one. But actually, once I've got through that first five minutes, it's really easy to then not have the... But I'm not... I couldn't have done it at your age. I know. This and you're sh- still out on the dating scene, and you're going out clubbing. There's no way... And trust way- me, I
0: need drinks for that.
1: Yeah. I mean you do, it's, it's hell, it must be hell being in the dating scene now in this world That was
0: actually a date actually, yeah. where I was going for lunch
1: Well my husband who's in recovery always says, I just don't know and loads of people contact us because we do these mental health films on our uh, YouTube channel loads of people contact us and say oh, really, I'm really, inspired by you not drinking but I just can't cope with the dating and I go, oh, we, we, Mark and I always say, God can you imagine that he said I couldn't have done it, no. I just couldn't have done it but then now, again, out there on social media, there are so many different groups of young, gorgeous, trendy, funky people that aren't drinking. And there's dating apps for people that don't drink. Yeah. Do we make I... all the wrong choices when we go on a date pissed.
0: Yeah, of course. And also, it's, it's for me, it's not necessarily the getting drunk. It's, you know, I don't necessarily need that to kind of relax. I could be okay but it's almost when if you were like you feel judged if you're not having a drink yeah so they're like oh you don't drink or yeah. anything like that and and even I do it to people where if they said to me oh you don't drink I automatically think we're not right for each other because I get blind yeah, drunk well, pissed out of my face. From. And you won't like that. And you'll
1: be sober. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the disconnect and that's where we've gone wrong in this in in very much in this country. We've got a massive problem with drink in this country. And when she talks in this book, The Joy of Being Sober, it's like when I first said I was going sober here, everyone was going. But we've got the NTAs. Yeah, but, but we've got that party. But we've got that christening. But we've got that wedding. We tend to think in this country, mm. every single momentous thing must have a drink with it.
0: I know. I'm the same. It's I was crazy. like January. I can't I've got birthday presents. Yeah. Uh, birthday party. February. I'm going away for the weekend. March, Mother's Day, <laughs> like I <laughs> start making it April, Easter, it's Easter, you know that big, get that Easter big Easter holiday Easter? <laughs> on Easter, yeah. can't do it, we'll have to wait till May, yeah, oh that's... no, May's my five year old niece's birthday, yeah. it's that's ridiculous. This
1: ease that we have within ourselves, so when I've been, I'm so ashamed of the thousand times I've gone to people, you don't have any drink are you mad mm. but actually no they're not mad I'm mad because I want them to quell my anxiety about myself by having a drink hey, exactly and I'll enough. never in my life ever ever push a drink on anyone ever again you know in France they have it right you put your hand over your drink and that nobody will ever ask you so you know when you go on well, top up and you put your hand in your drink here in this country we'll rip that. hand yeah. in France <laughs> it is the height of bad manners is to it? ask that person again if they want a drink Oh. And we just gotta, we just got to bring it down
0: a bit. We've just got to calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned your social media uh, and YouTube. I want to talk about that because this is a, quite a new thing that you... Well, I mean, you've been on social media a while, but you've yeah. got your YouTube channel, Nadia Sawala and Family. Yeah. Uh, a year now. Oh, has it been
1: a year. Yeah, we can't believe <laughs> My it. My research
0: is terrible. No, no, no. I, no, I can't yeah. believe it's been that early. Yeah,
1: it doesn't feel that long, but... I am so enormously proud of it. It's ridiculous. I mean, we are now... We put out content every single day. You do? Luckily, my husband's a filmmaker and and very skilled editor. So we're able to put out content like most people would just dream of because Mark can edit like a nutter. So we review films, we review film trailers, we do mental health, as I said earlier, we do food, we do a nightly vlog tuesdays to fridays called home time so it's just what we do when we get home and then from friday saturday through to monday we do all our weekend vlogs so and that would be the whole day it's a lot of work a
0: lot and work. you do your live videos and i've i've watched a lot of those live videos it pops up and it'll say that yeah. is live. live so <laughs> I'll, I'll watch and you get a lot of people on there like chipping in and, and it is and and i've seen a lot of comments where they've said that they've replaced television yeah. in the evening to ...to watching your know, to your vlogs.
1: And you know what? Have a look through some of the comments. We have so few unpleasant people. Oh, We've I've seen. really got a community. Like, a massive thing happened for us last week. My youngest, Kiki, is the biggest fan you will find... ...of a show called Stranger Things. And um, we did a reaction... Uh, ...filmed a reaction to the new trailer of the new show anyone with kids will know exactly what i'm talking about about strange things posted it on our youtube and that day i got this film from millie bobby brown you know millie bobby brown plays 11 yeah it plays 11 like 16 million um followers on instagram she sent this film to kiki the kiki was still shaking two days later that's how much it meant to her and we posted it up on our youtube and i thought oh here we go we're going to get a lot of hate for do you know, not one nasty... All that people say was, oh my God, this is so amazing for Kiki. This is so... I'm a huge advocate of social media. It has... My children have made some amazing friends through social media. We are having at the time of our lives being able to be creative in a way that often television doesn't let you. Um, so for us as a family as well, we've got recorded our lives. So our kids, when we're dead and gone, have got like this incredible... Sort of, you know, archive. archive, the content of their lives. So, and this community that we've got going, so it really couldn't be going back for us. And we're going to expand even further. We're going to make documentaries. We're going to do a, sort of. We're starting a drama series on there. So, yeah, it's just been it's bloody hard work, but we love it.
0: Has it become almost habitual now, where you just you just do it, or do you have moments yes. where we never this... plan
1: it, never really? We never ever say we will do this for our vlog we literally just turn the camera on
0: and do you ever have moments where it's like right there's this period in the day where you go no vlogging or do you yeah we don't
1: vlog or we don't vlog all day long i mean the weekly one it's just in the evening just when we get back and we'll there's certainly a time when we turn off but um but i've
0: watched a few where you're just cooking um and you're just chatting away and i know mark was away uh went away with his mum to new york yeah and it was almost for you, like you had company in a, yeah. in a weird way where yeah. people are, are chipping in. Well, and it's you... really
1: strange to watch your family's holiday. Yeah. So they came back, there was nothing I needed to ask them because I'd seen it all in the vlog. <laughs> well, that is the bad thing about social media,
0: <laughs> where you go, oh, I, I went uh, to such yeah, su- yeah, su- yeah. and such class. you. Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. So-, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, by the way, I've, I've got to say, I, I've done, oh, yeah, 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 I saw that yeah. on, your, on your Facebook. And you had
1: pheasant on Tuesday. It looked lovely. <laughs> yes, lovely pheasant.
0: Um... I one of the things I love. uh, I've worked for Loose Women for a few years now, and you are so open. You're just so willing to talk, and I and I and I think you're amazing. I think you're lovely. You're nice to everyone backstage in the crew, Um, and you don't get that a lot in telly. Like you don't get sometimes you're just not spoken to or whatever. You speak to everyone. What would you say for? Because even I get, and you must get loads, when people see that I work in telly or whatever. Um, I get people asking me all the time, how do I get into TV? Or what's the yeah. best What's the best yeah. piece of advice for TV? And I never know what to say no. because I rock up and I leave and, and just Such do that. It's inexact do...
1: science, isn't it? Getting yeah. into telly.
0: What, but what would you... What would be the main bit of advice you would give to someone? Because um, I know what mine is, and I say this to everyone, like my college asked me, asked me to go back a few uh, years ago to kind of do a speech to mm-hmm. the old... Uh, to the newer students from someone who had been there years. And I just say, be nice, be nice Mm. to everyone. But what would you say was the one bit of advice that you would give if someone, if you just had to give one nugget of advice?
1: What I cannot believe is how many people there are in the world that are not polite, that are not present and they're not engaged. So say you get a chance, say something comes up and and they're looking for, say a runner on Intelli. When we get a runner that, is, that has got that, oh, yes, did we all talk about it. And it's spread. It is actually, once you're in the building, it is actually relatively easy, surprisingly, to get a job and to move through. If you oh, yeah. are, like you say, really nice, really polite, don't overstep the mark, have a chat. This is what I'm talking about if you just come in as a runner and, and be thinking about what you could be doing, not waiting to be told what to do all those things are invaluable people i mean my husband and i run a production company as well we make programs for television my husband literally doesn't give a shit about what um qualification somebody's got whether they've done a media degree he just doesn't care Mm. He, he said it just doesn't mean anything to me everything is about and we could tell within seconds whether somebody's got that thing with it passionate and then somebody i was talking to the other day i have to be really careful i'm not saying any names or give it any hint of who it was somebody that has joined a show in this building and it's a really big job they've got and i said so um how's it going you know you, you how, how is it oh yeah it's great I, I get i get an hour and a half extra in bed and i thought wrong answer
0: mm-hmm.
1: with this amazing job that you've got that is the only thing you've got to say that's the highlight yeah, so it's bit about about loving something. Like you say, I'm friendly with everybody in the crew. I love people. Yeah. I really love people. And like sometimes when I'm, I wake up in the morning, I feel shit and I feel anxious, like I did this morning, to be honest, before coming out. I say to myself, I'm going to go out and I'm going to put out what I want back. So I walked to the station, put in a meditation, had a bit of a think about myself, smiled at a few people, they smiled back. When I see presenters or actors moving around a building. never see, Everybody's invisible to them. I, ju- I feel sorry for them. I don't feel sorry for the people that yeah. are invisible because I think you're getting 20% of your experience. Because if you chat, well, how are you, and you get all that lovely energy back from people, it's like a feeding. You feed them, they feed you, and back and forth.
0: Yeah, totally. So
1: I think be present, like you say, be really nice and be keen. It's not uncool to be keen. It's uncool to be just...
0: It's not uncool Hard. to to give a shit yeah. either, yeah. you know. And and you're right Could about to be
1: warm than cool. Oh,
0: don't you think? Oh. Well, better on that to be note, better, better to, to be warm than cool, yeah. which actually is pretty literal here because the air con was making noise and I've turned it up to 23 degrees and I'm getting slightly warm. Nadia, uh, thank you so much for doing this. thank you. I'm
1: really chuffed I'm your
0: first. I will, oh. <laughs> Nadia, if I was going to choose anyone to be my first, it would always be you dressed as a nurse in stockings and <laughs> suspenders. <laughs> um, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I love
0: you, babes. Don't
1: you want my mantra for life?
0: Oh, yes. I, well, I kind of was going to... I'm going to end all these with a, a life mantra. And I, I, I love the fact that you said that because I saw Nadia in the corridor uh, yeah, this yeah. morning. I said, Nadia. And she went, don't tell me anything about it. Let's <laughs> do it organically. And I said, well, I just want a, a mantra for life. Yeah. Um, gone. What, what? what is well, your life mantra?
1: Well, the thing is, I love this so much. It's not mine, but it is. Those that mind don't matter... And those that matter mm-hmm. don't mind. And it helps you through all that stuff. You think, well, if that, what's that person think of me? But for years and years and years, I thought it was Gandhi that said this. But I've discovered last year that it's Dr. Seuss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> those are, are, are often confused.
1: <laughs> it's Dr. Seuss, but it's a great mantra. Because it just reminds you that those that we care about, we can make mistakes. Those that we don't care about, what does it matter if we make a fool of ourselves? What does it matter? Yeah. You know, and I think in the world of social media where we feel everyone's so outraged and judgy and all of that, it's a really good Mm -hmm. thing to keep thinking. Those that mind don't matter. Those that matter don't mind. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you.